0: I'm going to talk to you about the light of the world. That's the theme of our Christmas season this time, light of the world. What does that mean? Light like this or another kind of light? The Bible talks about wisdom light. It talks about spiritual light. It talks about truth light. And it talks about Jesus being the light. And so that's the kind of light we're talking about. I'm going to read out of Matthew 2, 1 through 2, and then verse 9. And let's see what the Bible records, actual history. This is a historical account of what happened when Jesus was born for some wise men, on really on the other side of the world. Let's read of what they saw and how it changed their life. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he? That's a great question. Where is he? Who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And behold, the star which they had seen. This is verse 9. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Wow. And that's not a fairy tale. This is a true historical account. Now let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your word that, Lord, lights the world. And your word that has brought us the truth about the light of the world. And, Lord, we just pray that today, Christmas will become more real to us than ever. And that as we read this story and talk about what happened to these wise men, you will change us. And I pray you bring many who are far from you near to you by the power of your spirit today. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them Merry Christmas. Warm up. Warm up. Merry Christmas. Amen. Amen. Now, the theme... As I said, for this Christmas season here at Turning Point is the light of the world. The light of the world. Now, when you study the gospel records, and they're all historical accounts of what Jesus said and did, but as you study the gospel records surrounding the Lord's birth and life, you'll often encounter the word light. Light is used to describe him or something that happened around him when he was born or as he went through his life. We're told, for instance, that a shining star that we just read about A shining star pointed to him. We're told that brilliant angels announced him. We're told that a ministry of revelation light flowed from him. Surrounding Jesus was light. You know, when you talk about the devil, it's always dark. Darkness, dark. When you talk about Jesus, it's always light and bright. Because he's the light of the world. He even called himself the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. Notice he didn't just say, I know where the light is or I've got some light. But he said, I am the light. I am the light of the world. And then he promised this, that if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. For living light will flood your path. Wow. Now, I want to take the next few weeks leading up to Christmas to explore each of those three examples that I just gave you where Jesus' birth and life were surrounded by light. Now, I want to begin with what we read about today, the star that pointed to him. Now, the story of the star actually takes place when Jesus is around two years old. The word used to describe Jesus when the wise men arrive to worship him and give him gifts uh, it is not the word brephos, which means newborn, but the word pideon, meaning child, is used. So when the wise men finally got to Jesus, he had grown up a little bit. He was about two years old, actually. Pideon, he was a child. Uh, in Matthew's account, the, the star did not lead them to the manger, it led them to a house. And it was the house where Mary and Joseph and Jesus were living that 's where they grew up so they found him in a house now let me talk a little bit about these wise men because they really represent the lost of our world and how God dealt with them and how God led them how God reached them these wise men were from Persia and they were not Jewish but they were Gentiles so they were outside of the covenants of God they were not Jewish they had not been raised in Jewish teaching, in Judaism. They were, they were Gentiles out there, away from God. They weren't raised being taught about the God of the Bible. And, and they were not primarily occultic astrologers. Because they were stargazers doesn't mean they were into the occult. They, they were actually astronomers, so they were scientists. These were bright men, intellectually. They, they probably dabbled in a little bit of the occult because that was the time they lived in. But they were true scientific astronomers, stargazers, star trackers. We're told they came from the east. So they were probably from Persia or Babylon. And it so happened in the normal course of their just routine gazing into the heavens that they had seen hanging in the night sky over the land of Israel a star that was brand new and highly unusual. The star had appeared at the moment of Jesus' birth and was clearly visible from a great distance away. Now, they knew something was wrong, that is, that this star was not normal. You know why? Because it was defying natural law. This star, this sphere, this light, they saw hanging over Israel, was defying natural law. Because to see a star rising in the west over Israel wasn't normal because stars don't rise in the west, they rise in the east. So this sphere, this light, was very different, and it seized their attention. It was so highly unusual that though Israel was around 800 miles from where they were, that's a long distance back in those days, this star was so intriguing, so mysterious, so unique that they literally became starstruck. And the Bible also suggests that they were at least vaguely familiar with some of the Old Testament prophecies that talked about the coming Jewish Messiah being connected to a star. For instance, one prophecy out of Numbers says this, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Notice a star. Now they may have known about that verse. And so it it, it struck them. By the time they reached Jerusalem, the Bible makes it clear, they clearly understood what this star was all about, that it was prophetic of the Messiah that was to come. For they told King Herod, they said this, we have seen his star in the east they didn't tell him we have seen a star and this star a star has grabbed our attention no now they understood by the time they got to jerusalem that it was directly connected to messiah because it was his star his star so they were so starstruck they decided to go on a star search just keeping your attention. But they did. They went on a star search because they were starstruck. They packed up their stuff. Now this was major. Look at how intrigued they were. They packed up their stuff and headed out on a very long journey of around 800 miles and that required many months of travel back then. They didn't have an SUV. They didn't have a car. They had camels and they traveled on foot and they knew when they left that they were starting on a journey that was going to take months. So they weathered difficult weather, and they walked and traveled a very long way. They put out all kinds of time and trouble to chase and pursue and track and discover and explore what this star was all about so heavily and powerfully had it seized them. Now, the story of the star and the wise men's pursuit of it is filled with important truth about God and how he reaches out to mankind to you and to me And i'm going to point a couple of things out there's so many things I could say about this story of the star So many truths just jump out at you But this week two major things jumped out at me that I want to share with you today And i've never really angled it this way But this these are truths that just occurred to me as I read the christmas story for the umpteenth time in my life Isn't that amazing how the word of god is the word of god is is like popcorn it pops here, it pops there, it pops over there, and pops here, and it keeps right on popping if you keep on reading. And right when you think you've caught the last pop, it pops again. So here's some of the things that just popped out at me. First, I want you to notice how God entered their world to bring them into his world. God entered their world to bring them into his world. You know, what I love about the gospel is God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And and how did he give him? He came into our world. He came into our sphere. He came into our space. He came into our pain. He came into our hurt. He came into our weeping. He came into our dilemma. He came into our plight. He entered our pain. And God entered the world of these astronomers to bring them into his world. See, these were astronomers, not shepherds, not businessmen, not politicians, not farmers. They were astronomers, and so God approached them in a way best suited to get their attention. What better way to reach scientific astronomers than through a brilliant, never-before-seen star? They were just living life, going through the motions of their life when God made the first overture. And God has made the first overture with you and me. Listen, God knows just how to get your attention. God knows how to get your attention. I don't care who you are. God knows how to get your attention When he's trying to reach you with the message of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is, now most of us in here are saved, but there might be a few that are not, and some watching by video that are not, that don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. I want you to know that God is trying to get your attention. And God knows how to get your attention. He may use this message today to get your attention See, we see in the Bible that God uses many methods to speak to those he is trying to reach without ever changing the message. He uses different methods but the same message. Hebrews tells us God who at various times and in various ways, notice that, various ways, spoke in time past, God used different methods, different means, different venues, different techniques, different approaches to speak to people. Throughout history, he spoke to the shepherds, for instance, watching over their flocks by an angel. But to Simeon, who eagerly awaited the arrival of Messiah, God spoke by the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that. God spoke straight to the heart of the old widow, Anna, when she saw the baby Jesus being brought into the temple, God spoke to her heart. And she took Jesus in her arms and prophesied over him. To Saul of Tarsus, he spoke by a blinding light. To Moses, he spoke out of a burning bush. To Abraham, he spoke by a voice. To Balaam, he spoke out of a donkey. Hey, whatever it takes. Guarantee if a donkey talks to me, God's got my attention. Some people, it takes extreme methods. To Peter, he spoke by a vision from heaven. And to these wise men, God spoke through a star. The bottom line is that God knows how to get your attention. He knows how to get your ear. He changes methods, but never the message. He knows how to come into your world, how to enter your space, how to get your ear long enough to hear him calling And, oh, he's got a message. And you know what he's saying to you and to me and to everyone and anyone who does not know Jesus as Savior? He's saying, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. The door is your heart. And the knock is the method God is using to get to you. The knock may come in many different ways, but it's the same message. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and then you must open the door you must say come in Jesus you must nobody can open the door of your heart for you only you can open the door of your heart if anyone hears my voice and opens the door here's what Jesus says I'll come into him and dine with him, and he with me. that's New Testament verbiage for, we will have a relationship. I will come into your life and we will have a living, breathing, ongoing, real, vital, life-giving relationship. I, I try to talk to the lost all the time. I, I try to talk to lost people all the time, because you know what? Once I was lost, I can show you pictures of me BC. You may never come back to church. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Although you would be shocked at some of my past pictures. Hair down to here. Oh my, I was a sight. I think about it and I tremble. But I talk to lost people all the time. This week I talk to lost people. And you know what amazes me all the time? When I talk to lost people, people who are absolutely, definitely not Christian, not saved, is what they think about Jesus, what they have come to believe about Jesus. They don't believe that he's the son of God. They don't believe that he is who he said that he was. They have weird weird ideas about jesus i talked to somebody this week it took me hours to get over it when i walked away because they said to me you're just in a religion and i said no i'm not in a religion I don't want religion, and God doesn't like religion. I am not in a religion because a religion is rules and regulations that bind you and take you down and put put you getting into heaven based on your performance. I am in a relationship, a real relationship with a real person. And I I said to this person, I said, no, I'm not in a religion. I'm in a relationship. Please understand that every day that I get up, I walk with him, and I talk with him, and he talks with me, and he changes me, and he loves me, and he strengthens me, and he heals me, and he guides me, and he holds my hand, and he's my Savior, and he's wonderful, and he's beautiful, and he's glorious, and he's peaceful. And if you really know him, you will never again call it a religion. You will call it a relationship. If you open the door, I will come in and fellowship with you and you with me. And there's nobody like Jesus. There's no glory like Jesus. There's no peace like Jesus brings. And listen, God God was dealing with these wise men to bring them to the real answer to life. So we see that God uses different means and methods to reach people without ever compromising the message he's been trying to get your attention are you aware that he's trying to get your attention if you're not a christian and maybe you're watching by video right now if you're not a totally committed follower of jesus christ do you know that god's trying to get your attention and some of you here today he's trying to get your attention he's knocking Amen. Preach it, sister. Now. And for these wise men, God used a star. And they said, what is that? And they began to follow. Now, the second thing that jumped out at me is God's guidance will always lead to God's son. We're we're told that the wise men traveled toward the most likely place over which they had seen the star hanging. They just gauged it. They they see this light in the heavens, and and they gauged it. And they said, all right, we're going to head in that direction. And we're told that that they began to travel in the direction that they had seen the star. And their journey led them to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they encountered, you remember, the cruel King Herod. And Herod said, what are you doing here? Because he knew they were new to the area. And they said, well, we have seen his star. We have seen the star that points to Messiah the king of the Jews. And Herod lied to them. He said, well, listen, if, if, if you find him, come and tell me so that I can come and worship him also. And then Herod turned to his own chief priests, his own religious leaders, and he asked them. He said, where does the Bible say? Isn't it amazing? A cruel, wicked king who wanted nothing to do with God believed that the Bible told the truth about the coming Messiah. He said, where does the Bible say the Messiah will show up? And they said, Bethlehem. And so he went to these wise men and he said, well, the Bible says Bethlehem. So if you go to Bethlehem, come and tell me when you find him so that I can worship him also. Because Bethlehem was predicted by Micah. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth, whose goings have been of old, even from everlasting. So there is Micah predicting that a, an eternal personality was going to invade the world via Bethlehem. Amen. Yeah. And so they headed off to Bethlehem, and the Bible says, Bible says that as soon as they started walking towards Bethlehem, the star, the beautiful star. Reappeared again and stood directly over the house where Jesus was. They saw the star again. Now, something occurred to me. Apparently, sometime in their journey, the star had disappeared. Because how can it reappear if it hadn't disappeared? And it spoke to me about our walk of faith. Sometimes God will give us a word. And then no other word comes after it. And he says, now based on what I've shown you, start walking. Take a step of faith. Start going. I want you to obey me based on the word that I've given you. And you may have some dry days. You may have some difficult days. Heading towards what God showed you. But if you are faithful and walk by faith and not by sight, his guidance will reappear. His word will reappear. He will confirm to you that you are going in the right direction. Because as soon as they started going towards Bethlehem, the star of guidance reappeared. And it says in Matthew, it came and stood over where the young child was. Now I want you to notice something, dear church. The star didn't point them to a Jewish temple. The star didn't point them to an Old Testament rabbi. Or to Caesar. It didn't lead them to some serene country setting. Or to a temple where all the false idols of Rome were daily worshipped. That is not where the star took them. The star guided them. And the star came and stood right over the house where Jesus was. And stopped right there. It's as if God was saying... Do you see what God was saying? I have no better place to take you. There is no other destination that I can recommend. There is no other solution for the hunger of your heart than to guide you to the place where Jesus was and where Jesus is. God's answer for the human race has not changed. The Bible says God has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Now, I'm going to get a little bold today. Let me just tell you something. You will not find eternal life in any other religious leader. You won't find eternal life in Buddha. You won't find eternal life in Mohammed. You won't find eternal life in Krishna. You won't find eternal life in any other person, place, or thing. You will only find eternal life. God said, my answer, my guidance will always lead to you to my only begotten Son. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And there is no no other way to heaven but through him. They're following the star and it stopped. I was talking to somebody, again, I, I, I was talking to somebody lost this week. And I was amazed at how confused they were about who Jesus is, what the Bible claims. And I walked away going, Lord, I don't know how to answer except to tell them that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, period. And I did tell them that. And I pray that it's a seed that goes into good ground and eventually bears fruit. But there is no other answer. There is no other way. That's what God was saying. Here's these wise men, these lost astronomers, and they are led by God supernaturally. And God stood over the house where Jesus was. The light stopped right there, and they went in, and they found him and fell on their knees and worshiped him, knowing they had found. Now, they're worshiping a two-year-old little boy, but he's not a two-year-old little boy. He is God wrapped in flesh. He is the promised son of God. He is the promised Jewish Messiah. He's the one who's going to carry the sins of the world. Do you know they wrapped him in swaddling clothes there in the manger? We're told that. Did you know that in the Old Testament, when they would sacrifice lambs to take away the sins of the people... Those lambs had to be pure and they had to be clean so they wrapped them in swaddling to protect them from any dirt and it was not by mistake that Jesus Christ was wrapped in swaddling clothes in that manger because he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and there is no other. Now in closing, let me just ask, if it wasn't a real star, then what was it? What did they follow? What was it that appeared to those wise men and caused them to pull up roots and travel 800 miles to explore? I got a good candidate. The Bible says when the children of Israel were led out of Egypt and began their journey in the wilderness, something supernatural happened to guide them. The Bible says the Lord guided them by a pillar of cloud during the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. The glory of God, the Shekinah, glory of God, the very presence of God was the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire was not a star. If if you had been a, a lost astronomer back then and got in there with the wilderness wanderers and had seen this, you might have said, well, there's a star, but it wasn't a star. It was the glory of God, the shining, brilliant, glorious glory of God. And that fire by night led them into the promised land. And I believe the Shekinah glory of God is what the wise men saw. And the glory of God led them to the glorious Son of God who is the only way into the real promised land called heaven. Can you stand together with me tonight, today? God will come into your world. To bring you into his world. Amen. Amen. And God only has one place to lead us. When we're really looking for an answer. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. His son. It is only to him. God will point. He won't point to anything else. Or anyone else. Or anything else. Only him and God sent his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit fell like a fire and what does the fire of the Holy Spirit lead us to the Spirit of God leads us directly to God's only son can we just lift our hands and thank the Lord today for God's guidance, how many of you are so thankful God came into your world to bring you into his world. Amen. And if you're not in Christ today, I've been there, I understand. And I'm not condemning you at all, nor would I ever make fun or mock the beliefs you're holding to right now. Because that's the best you know. But I'm here to tell you today, a couple of weeks before Christmas, that the only one who will save you is where the star led them, to Jesus. And I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I'm going to ask you, if you've got a question mark about your salvation, pray with me. He's as far away as a prayer. I prayed in juvenile homes when I was 16 years old to receive Christ I had never prayed in my entire life but I prayed that night and he heard me and when I made peace with God I experienced the peace of God God wants to give you his peace so pray with me right now and say with me Lord Jesus God you can do it you can do it you can pray it just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead to save me. I repent of my sin. And I ask you to come into my heart as Savior and Lord. Now just say with me, I believe on you, Lord, as my Savior. In Jesus' name.